So last week, we obviously had a little bit of a technical difficulty. I know nobody picked up on it at home because we made such awesome fake beer opening noises. Oh, yes. But we weren't actually opening those beers. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. um, That was all just our mouths, if you can believe it. Believe it it or not. Yeah. Because I actually brought bottles, you know, so we had to fake the opening of cans. Yeah, we had to fake that. Um, And, you know, bottles kind of make a sound but it's not really yeah and i just didn't like sitting there drinking out of the bottle you know Mm -hmm. so i got something to fix that oh boy oh my gosh here you go oh oh my gosh (laughs) what this is awesome Oh, this is, Jeff just gave me uh, like a beer stein or beer mug that has our logo on it. This is so cool. Thanks, man. Now we got the perfect oh vessel. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, now I'm going to pour this in here. Wow. This is so cool. Wow. Maybe one day we'll sell this to you guys. Yeah. If we have yeah. any listeners ever. <laughs> man, thanks, dude. This is awesome. Now we'll have to have these. Well, we'll just have to have these. Perfect. See how they work. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to work like a mug. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Welcome to episode six of the Arena Regulars podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Jeff. And we are regulars on MTG Arena. Sure are. Yeah. And we drink beer out of mugs now. Yes. I guess. Yeah. Huge upgrade. I guess we can cheers with <laughs> cheers. this. I guess we haven't really cheers a lot in the yeah. show. I saw you went for it. Usually I, I do a I know, little table but, tap, but yeah. with the, the microphones, we try not to do that. Exactly. Um, Anyway, we got a great show for you today. Um, we are going to kind of go over the November State of the Game, which just came out, an important document that everyone should read, uh, and we're going to read it to you. And then, <laughs> Basically. <laughs> basically. Uh, and then we're doing uh, First Impressions of Kaladesh Remastered, and then we have some uh, historic deck lists for, uh, for you. So, so yeah. But um, <laughs> like we were kind of alluding to before, um, each week we both bring a beer. We drink our own beer, then drink each other's, and then we rate them on a scale of bronze to mythic, and then we choose the best beer for last. So with that, Jeff, what have you brought today? I brought a beer called Spirit Wolf. Mm. Okay. This is a local brewery, and it's called Sons of Kent, and it's a coffee blonde. Interesting. So I don't know what to expect. I don't know if you've ever had a blonde stout before. But it really messes with your mind because it tastes like a stout, but it looks like a like a gold. Yeah, nail. it's definitely gold. Yeah, I so. was thinking it would at least have some sort of brownish tint because coffee, but it looks I'm, okay. So I thought this was perfect for the mugs because oh. out of the can, it just tastes like a stout. Oh, that okay. But that once makes you sense. see that it doesn't look like a stout, yeah, it messes with your mind, man. Man, crazy. <laughs> and it's five point one percent. What did you bring? Right. I brought from Royal City Brewing Company. Uh, a smoked honey, uh, honey beer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. And yours is dark. Yours mine, is the color my coffee beer should be. And yes. Mine is the color your honey beer should exactly. be. Exactly. It's very, yeah. I mean, I would kind of expect some sort of dark True. brown for a smoked something. Um, but yeah, it's definitely much lighter. It's like a brown ale. Brown. A brown ale. I've read that somewhere, but it's definitely not on this can anymore. So maybe I'm just, <laughs> that was just me hallucinating. Maybe it's just when you poured it into that fancy mug. I was like, oh, this is color. brown. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good. It's 5.5%. Um, I actually had a lot of honey beers when I was in Estonia last year. Um, so this kind of reminds me a little bit of, of those. They're awesome. kind of running rampant. Um, that sounds like I might like it there. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's just really good bread and good beer. So 
You know, I like those things. If you ever go, they also have Russian magic cards. How's their internet connection for MTG Arena? Um, I think it was fine. I was in a hotel. Great. That seemed good, so <laughs> whatever. Um, but magic news this week. Yeah, and so, before we get to it, I think you yes. owe someone an apology. I do. Um, so, guys, I know last week we were talking about our fantasy drafts, and I had picked Brad Nelson, um, and I may have been a little harsh. Just, a uh, just I had just said that um, he only got three wins, and I I thought that was not great, and he could have <laughs> done better. Um, but he could have done better, and indeed may have, and he <laughs> may have, and may in the future. Um, what we found out actually is that uh, part of that kind of score is that Brad's dog, Brad. I'm going to talk to you directly, Brad. <laughs> your dog got sick, as you said, and you had to take it to the vet in an emergency and that's a horrible situation and I want to personally apologize for trash talking you for that because you know that's um that's bigger than magic and I don't want to to open a door like that so I hope uh your dog's all better and you get to do your other matches later um it won't help me win my fantasy league but (laughs) um but I do retract all my statements about you from last week so I apologize way to kick a guy while he's down man yeah I I try not to do that but I well, I try not to do that. <laughs> but if their bad results are, you know, purely magic related, yes. then the gloves are off. Maybe yeah. I should just do more research. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think like, that's the answer. Eh, I don't more know beer about that. Is the answer. Yeah, more beer and more apologies. Just yeah. like say things and then apologize later, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Brad. <laughs> okay, but how how did your arena week go? Um, it was it was good. Good. Um, I got to play a lot of Kaladesh. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, keep ranking up in uh, in historic. So that's been that's been nice. I'm playing a lot of historic and um, just Kaladesh limited. Um, nice. But yeah, how about you? Been doing a little of everything. I did mm-hmm. some limited. I did some historic, and I did some standard. So, nice. Just, yeah. just all over the map. Yeah, just loving arena right now. Uh, you know, draft is always great. You can yeah. always find a format that's that's going to be fun. Uh, historic is really fun right now, and standard I think is really fun too. So yeah, can't really go wrong. Everything's fun. Yeah. Yay. Um, anyway, so we're getting into the November state of the game. Basically, if you're new to Arena, there's just like a monthly statement that Watsi brings out. Wizard of the Coast uh, writes, kind of explaining what they're doing or going to do and working on and what the future holds. Yeah, it's, it's usually pretty interesting because it sort of tells you what you can expect. And sometimes the state of the game just includes some stuff completely out of left field that yeah, either only rumored to be working on. Yeah, or, or like that's where they announced like Kaladesh Remastered or when they're doing different products like that or all the different um, festivals and things they'll talk about there. Uh, so it is I- important to read and you will see a lot of people will post it up. Um, but we just kind of like talking about it. Um, but yeah, uh, first of all, Kaladesh Remastered. It's here. It uh, came out last Thursday. It's been super fun. Um, also, just randomly, if you didn't know, um, usually they, they give out like the basic lands for each of these sets and things. Mm-hmm. And I, I heard last time when they were redoing the... The uh, for I think it was for Amonkhet or it was for Zendikar. I think they were just trying to give some lands away. Okay. The way that they did it um, is the reason why it kept crashing all the time. So they're trying this new version where all the basic lands are just in the store for zero gems, and you just go buy them, oh. and they and they. I think it worked a lot better because there weren't as many delays um, this time around. I'm not uh, gonna lie. I visit the store every day to get it to stop bugging me, and yes. in case there's free gems. And I didn't notice that 
those were free basic lands until I saw you put it in the show notes. Oh, really? <laughs> so then I logged into the, uh, my account and just, oh, yeah, zero gems. Yeah. I'll buy that. <laughs> yeah, because I went and they also have more arts of old card frames for right. basic lands. So now yeah. I'm just like looking at the store at basic lands now, like, do I need more basic lands? <laughs> yeah. um, but if you didn't know, go get them. They're free. Um, I mean, why not? Yeah, so they released the APAC lands, the yes. Asia Pacific, uh, which are really cool. They're super cool. Um, so basically, uh, Kaladesh, you can play three different ways right now. They have Sealed and uh, Traditional Draft, which end November 19th, so that's coming up really soon. Uh, but Premier Draft is going to go till the 18th of December, which is basically what uh, we can expect um, for most of the stuff. Yeah, Sealed doesn't usually last very long with any. Yeah, so. and it's, it's usually fun once or twice. I definitely played it twice and was... I liked it. I mean, I do like Sealed because I think I'm a little bit better at it than Draft. I actually like Sealed a lot as well. Yeah. Um, I just find the... Maybe they've changed it, but you in the old days, the payouts for Sealed on Arena were, like, pretty rough. You really? had to do really well to... Get, get your, your get your gems back. You still have to do pretty well, but I think it's more on pair on pair on par with quick draft. Okay. Um. So I think it's around like five. You feel okay. Six is like you got your money back and more, possibly. But you always with that you always get three packs, uh, back. So it is um, you just know you're gonna get nine packs. Right. When you go into it, so that's nice. It's a good way to learn the format too. Yes. <clears throat> uh, and just be like, oh. Let's just take these cards. I don't have to end up realizing I just picked a bunch of draft chaff and didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, like also... maybe a card that you think can target creatures, but it can't. Okay. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> um, I purposely left that out of the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't forget. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll talk about that. But um, there's also going to be this draft challenge that's coming up um, next weekend. So something to work towards. Uh, but November 28th to the December 1st, um, it's a traditional draft, so that's best of three. Um, and basically, there are like huge payouts mm -hmm. for this thing. Um, it's supposed to be very competitive. Um, I, am, am, I am very intimidated by this because it seems like, wow. I mean, it costs 3,000 gems or 15,000 gold to enter. But if you get six wins, uh, you get 20,000 uh, gold and 40 packs. Wow. Which is a lot. Now, is this going to be Kaladesh draft? Yes. Okay. Uh, actually, yes. Yeah, I believe so. Um, Very cool. So whenever the arena open comes around, people always ask, why can't you make a competitive draft event? You know, we want competitive draft. Mm -hmm. um, and basically the reason is that uh, they tried to put draft and stuff into their pro tours in, in, in the past. Yeah. And the viewership was always just way lower than constructed. Interesting. Yeah, I think the, th the reason is that it's cool to watch somebody draft and then watch them play a match, but then the rest of the time you're watching people play matches that you didn't watch their draft. Okay. You know what I mean? Whereas Constructed, you just jump in, you know what decks they're playing, and you just watch. Yeah. Uh, with draft, you know, if you miss the draft portion, then you're just watching people play kind of bump yeah. magic decks. <laughs> I wonder if they could do like a red zone kind of thing where they go to the octo box yeah. and you get to watch all eight people draft at exactly the same time mm -hmm. and you can kind of see how the decks are filling out. Um, especially on Arena, it's more possible. Than, For sure, yeah. Than in a, a, like a paper format, you'd have to have cameras around everybody. And actually, currently, they can't even just set up their own eight-person draft pod on Arena. But. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so they... Uh, yes, okay. 
Um, I, I guess I'm thinking more in the future for like spectators, but I think an octo box would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Because you can watch the pack move through and see how it's like, okay, well, this was this pack and is the, you know, the top corner or whatever, and it moves all the way around and you're watching everybody take different cards. And um, you, I guess with that, you'd really have to just cut out commentating which they've been big on right now, but... Um, yeah, there are just different channels, and everyone has their own commentator. Yeah, I guess you could just, um, yeah, click on whichever box you want to hear, mm -hmm. um, and maybe just have one person per... I think if they did it right, it would be really popular. It would be really cool. Yeah. And I think it would teach a lot of people... There's a, I feel like there's a lot of people who kind of shy away from draft because it feels intimidating. Right. Especially uh, drafting against other people. Um, so being able to watch pros do it... Mm -hmm. um, would be really interesting. Yeah, Just because they, we've also not really had that. You can watch one person draft, but you don't get to know what everybody else did. So Yeah, I um, seem to remember them having something on the website that's like a draft viewer, so I could go in and see what pack they saw, what they took, and, okay. and stuff like that. But it's not quite the same. You're not watching them. What, yeah, make the decisions and see their cursor go over exactly, stuff. And, yeah. Um, yeah, the, I think that'd be really interesting. Also, I don't know, this is just a random question, but um, can you see which cards you picked in what order there's no way of like clicking no, a, no. a button i think to you can kind of manually order. do that but yeah in you know if you open in the view where your deck's on the bottom mm -hmm. and you're allowed to move stuff around into you your could, you could go so you have like your own system a, like a 45 uh column thing yeah um yeah interesting i think it would be fun if you could just click a button and it would just show you what you did and you could review which cards you picked and realizing oh well i got two more of that card much farther down. I did not have to pick that so high. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would help uh, teach people a lot better. It would help me for sure, because I um, I definitely need some help. Yeah. Also seems like a pretty easy feature to implement. It seems fairly <laughs> easy. Um, so I, I think they should uh, think about that. Hey, wizards. Yeah. <laughs> Could you do that, please? That'd Listen be sweet. Up. Um, yeah, so I think this draft challenge is kind of the response to that. They're mm -hmm. acknowledging that I mean, the, the Arena Open, the constructed kind of version of this, they pay out real money. Yeah. So even though these prizes are huge, 20,000 gems and 40 packs is a lot. It's a lot. Um, it's still not quite on the same level as the constructed events, but yeah. it's kind of them acknowledging, hey, we're hearing you. You want a competitive draft event. Yeah. Here you go. Especially knowing that um, because we're doing Kaladesh, like those packs um, will be helpful cause to, to smooth out your whole collection and everything. Um, oh, yeah. I want to play in this. Yeah. Uh, it intimidates me because you definitely get nothing for a loss. Or sorry, for two losses. So it's... Um, if you just go 0-2. Yeah, if you go 0-2, you get zero things. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then you just, you're out 15,000 gold. Mm -hmm. Or 3,000 gems, which I don't have 15,000 gold right now, so I don't right. know. <laughs> I'll think about it. Yeah, I guess it should be noted that the gold is the cheaper way to buy this. Yes. Is that true? Because normally 10,000 is 1,500 gems, so... Yeah, so th yeah, yeah. 3,000 gems should be 20,000 gold. Yeah. Yep. Also, I'd much rather uh, convert <coughs> gold to gold and mm -hmm. not uh, not convert gold. But yeah, gold basically. to gems. I, I don't want to pay gems and get gold back. Right. Because you are getting paid in gold as well. Um, you're not getting paid in gems. Uh, so important Oh, it was 20,000 gold and 40 packs. Yes. Uh, I thought that was 20,000 gems. No. Holy that's cow, a, that's no, a no, no, not, no, no, no. Tw 20,000 gold. So that is important to know mm. um, that if you're paying in gems, you will get gold back. Um yeah. Okay. I, I'm definitely going to be saving up my yes. gold. So it's good to know now. Save up your gold if you're planning on doing this event because you will probably have enough time by then to, to accrue enough. Um, so, yeah. But keep it in the back of your mind. Um, 
You were talking about the Arena Open, mm -hmm. and we do know that the next one is December 12th, and it's going to be historic cool. constructed. So we do get to talk about some historic today, so maybe you can uh, get your, your brain churning on, on if you want to try that or not. Yeah, and let's make sure that we don't uh, that we save up gems and gold for this too. So. Yes. So really map out what you're going to be doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so don't be like me and use all your gems before, <laughs> yeah. and don't be like Jeff and don't sleep through day two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could say it's not going to happen this time, but, but you never know. Yeah. I'm um, not that confident. Uh, that'll be fun though, and by then historic will have settled down a little bit. Right now, it's kind of all over the place. Yeah, because we have all these new cards, so all these new decks are coming out, and people are playing with stuff. But we'll it's see. Be a fun time to kind of figure out what to play in that. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think they haven't released all the details, right? But they're probably going to be similar with the best of one, best of three. Yeah, options, I, I think so. that's the same. Yeah, the yeah. best of one or best of three is the same, and then uh, day two is best of three. So cool. Those are really fun tournaments. So if you've never played in one, I encourage you to save up your gold and try to play in at least either the draft challenge or the arena open. Yeah, because it's kind of cool to be able to play a pretty competitive event, you know, on arena from home, and you know, it's. Uh, I've I've always had fun playing them. Yeah. We also have Historic Brawl coming, which is like big news. Lots of people yeah. love Historic yeah, Brawl. Yeah, this is huge. Okay, so this is coming this weekend. It's November 20th, um, and people are, have been so excited about this. Um, and it actually hasn't been something that's been offered many times. I know the first time that they did it was during, um, it was like March, and it was the Festival festival Erebos's Memoir to Death. Um, and so that was obviously, you know, not even, I guess, nine months ago, probably. Around that. But um, I think that's what they're doing with these format, these festivals, right? Is they're yeah. seeing the response rate. Yeah, and then... And then maybe it'll come back later. If, yeah, because I think there was another one around Amonkhet as well. Yeah, um, there was one, I think, somewhat recently. Yeah, so maybe an, another, like, four times a year thing. But it's really, like, play as much as you can. Because um, that's, like, commander players, if you don't play arena and you're listening to this right now, or you don't play it very much, this is your time to jump on and show them that this is what you want. And they, if they make it just a mainstay, um, you'll be able to, to play it much more often, obviously. Yeah, Historic Brawl is a lot closer to the spirit of Commander than Brawl is. I yes. Um, definitely, I mean, as far as like a non-rotating format, it's mm -hmm. definitely the card pool and is significantly there's some powerful smaller. cards in Historic. There are a lot of like good commanders in Historic. Yeah. Um, that like... You you will sit down and play against them at a regular commander table. So mm -hmm. um, you won't have all the busted pieces from years ago that you could use, but there's still you know you still at least have the commander. So uh, you that's have some because of the they injected old cards in. So some of them exactly are there. Well, yeah some of the I think in particular I'm talking about I'm thinking about Hapatra who has like some weird old black cards from forever ago that like uh, right. get to abuse certain weird things mm -hmm. um, that you're not used to, but. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to play in it. I'm going to build a deck for it. Um, I don't know which one yet, but... Uh, yeah, I'm excited. So is it just for the weekend, though? I'm pretty sure. I don't think it's that I was kind of hoping they would bring it back for like a few weeks, you know? I don't think it's a few weeks. I think it's really just um, similar to a festival time, so maybe about five days. Um, like, I don't even play Commander, but Historic Brawl sounds like my in to getting more into that, you know, yeah. because... So, it, you know, from the other perspective, Zach was saying, if you're a commander player, this is your into arena and mm -hmm. let them know that by playing in the event. For me, it's almost the opposite. Like, I already play in a lot of arena. I have all these cards. This sounds fun. I might as well build it up and, you know, yeah. uh, see what uh, 
this sort of commander play style. I know you can't play multiplayer, mm -hmm. but uh, still just the idea of building a singleton deck with a commander yeah. and having all these options sounds fun to me. So. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. I do greatly miss the multiplayer aspect because that's usually... I think they said that eventually that is coming. I mean, uh, that would be great. I love that. It depends how successful Brawl is, right? They're not going to invest all this time creating multiplayer. Exactly. If nobody would play it. I think it's going to take a lot longer because they recently, WotC bought Spell Table, okay. which is that uh, webcam um, so software. That, that's kind of their outlet. for. Yeah, so I think at the, for the, the short term at least, um, I think they're just going to be developing that and making it um, stamped as like a magic product. And, and so they're going to really encourage people to continue to buy cards and paper and then play over webcam with your friends. Because a lot of also the, the fun part about commander things is playing well with super old cards. They're not going to get that on arena anytime soon mm -hmm. and alters signed cards, all that kind of stuff. Sure. Um, yeah can be a big there's part. a little bit of it on arena like they have some sure. cool card yeah. designs and sleeves and exactly um but i do think it's a little bit different but it would be really great if they could um uh get a, at least a four person historic brawl going on arena would be pretty sweet yeah uh, are there any commanders in particular you would you know think um, of sleeving up yeah i was thinking i'm i so i haven't really looked I haven't been playing a lot of Commander at all, mm -hmm. uh, just because with, of the pandemic and everything. So some of the ones from Jumpstart uh, seemed really fun. I definitely thought Bruvac was cool because I like Mono Blue Mill, and so just playing Mono Blue Mill. Yeah, so that's <laughs> the guy that like doubles all your. Yeah, bills. so Bruvac, the Grand Delinquent, he's two and a blue for a one-four human advisor. Uh, if an opponent would mill one or more cards, they mill twice that many cards instead. Cool. So it just kind of doubles all that stuff up. We just lost all of our listeners who hate Mill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, sorry, you should play Mill. Next thing we'll tell them we're playing Rogue Sun. Also, it could be absolutely terrible because there might not be enough Mill cards for Mono Blue. True. Um, most of the time when you build that deck, you have multiples of all the key cards. Um, like, I think your best card is the Teferi's Tutelage and then Psychic Corrosion, which kind of do the basically, same thing. The, yeah, so basically having that. Could play Teferi, Master of Time. That's true. I mean... It doesn't really mill, but... <laughs> it draws you cards, yeah. and a lot of your mill cards care about that, so... Um, but I think it should be fun. I'll try to build it, at least, and then see where where we're at. But yeah, what about you? What's, uh, what's probably, like, the first most exciting one that you want to... Oh, yeah, my number one, I was thinking the same thing. I went right to Jumpstart, yeah. right? Because uh, this is a set I just didn't really get to play with mm -hmm. very much. And I thought of Tiny Bones, Trinket Thief. Oh, so, so a 1-2 for one and a black. Beginning of each end step, if an opponent discarded a card this turn, you draw a card and lose one life. And then you can pay four black, black. Each opponent with no cards in hand loses 10 life. So it's discard tribal. <laughs> this just sounds awesome. Everybody's yeah. going to hate me, of course. Exactly. But uh, Well, really, it'll just be one person and your opponent, and you already don't care what they exactly. that much anyway, so... A lot of the cards I really like are, you know, have discard in them, like the Liliana from M21. Right, okay. Um, then, obviously, they're going to play Thoughtseize. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I already crafted those for yeah. Historic. Are you going to play Duress? I mean, like, just well, to have well, an I'm going to play Duress, yeah. yeah. Which art are you going to use? Because we have, like, three, I think. I thought they were all the... We only had one option, I thought. No, so Duress, we have the one with the woman and the spikes. Oh, no, yeah. the elf, sorry, the elf, elf and the spikes. Yeah. Um, That's the one I have. There's the one uh, with the guy in the boat from Ixalan. Oh, yeah, I do have that one. And then there's another one. There's another one, but I don't think you can get it, but it's the really old art from, like, 6th edition. 
it's my favorite one, but when like it only appears if you click on alternate styles for duress, oh really, and it says you can't purchase it. So I think it was some sort of special promo. Well, I think I have it. I think I have three different oh, duress. Yeah. That's cool. I'll trade you one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> if only. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for that, and you know, then you just support all the discard. You're basically exactly. playing eight rack or the rack. In, yeah. Uh, in commander or in, well, in brawl yeah in brawl yeah which would be cool i do think so i've wanted to play this commander just in edh but i think this might be a good time to do it um i want to play temet vizier of nakatum uh no that's not 100 percent right. sure you pronounced that correctly temet vizier of Naktamun. there we go <laughs> i can read yeah. um it's white and blue for a 2-2 human cleric and it says at the beginning of combat on your turn, target creature token you control gets plus one plus one until on a turn and can't be blocked this turn. And then you can embalm it for three white blue. Mm-hmm. But what I think is going to be really fun to play with this card is Shark Typhoon. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> so either you just make a big Shark Typhoon and then it oh, already no. has flying. But no, no, like, you want to make lots of sharks. But, but <laughs> ultimately you really want to play it and then have a bunch of white token making cards I don't play exactly that like token do doubling season thing from Amon Cat. Yeah, I'll probably I'll do anointed procession, but I'll also do the one that turns everything into angels. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so even visitation. Yes, but then even if you have flyers, you can't block one of them at least. Um, I don't know. It seems <laughs> it seems strange, but I just <laughs> I just want to make a shark unblockable. <laughs> but you'll pretty much never be uh, like embalming that guy, right? Because uh, he'll just go back to your command zone. You can put him in the graveyard if you want. And embalm him so that he... And then he goes back to your command zone when you embalm him? Or the the card will, yes. Yeah. Um, so that's a way to play him multiple times without having to pay the commander tax. Cool. Um, that's what you, I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, when he dies, you can leave him in the graveyard and then embalm him. You'll exile him, put him in the command zone, get the token on the battlefield. Oh, that's cool. Uh, and then that token will, will see itself. You could, I guess... Oh, no, you don't have commander damage in Brawl, so... Um, so if I played the Scarab God, I would never have to pay commander tax, basically, because I could always just take it back into my hand. Uh, yes, if you wanted to do that, oh. yeah, you're allowed to do that, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> just so you know. Uh, I'm also excited about Tezzeret, uh, the oh. the schemer from mm-hmm. uh, the new set. Uh, I think figured it's Brawl. i got to try playing with a Planeswalker commander. Yes. Uh, and this one's one of my favorite Planeswalkers, just because it's... Yeah, it's very synergistic. It's powerful when you build the synergies into it, but yeah. otherwise it kind of does nothing. Mm-hmm. My favorite types of cards. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to build my Treasurette deck mm. in Brawl. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that says treasure and is blue or black is going right in Boom. there. Boom. <laughs> Done. Especially that counterspell that, like, uh, <laughs> ma- you know, it's it's like a fixed version of Mana, mana Drain. Mana Drain, yeah. Yeah, it's um, Spell Swindle. Nope. Oh, you got there. That is what it's called. Spell Swindle. Yeah. He just, he just looked away for a minute, and I was like, did, did we lose him? <laughs> I was like, it's right there. I feel yeah. it. And then he came back with the correct answer. Maybe maybe it's not. Uh, we'll, I'll, we'll look it up, and then I'll cut all this out. <laughs> <laughs> but going with that, I, I did think that playing a Planeswalker was uh, something I want to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and one that I just... Uh, a Planeswalker I didn't think was interesting when it came out. Um Still think it it's like not a kill on sight card, which is what I want my commander to be usually. Is a card that you're like, 
I should kill this, but <laughs> there it might be something on the board that's more important than killing the commander. Right. So it can just sit there for a little bit, especially if it's a planeswalker. So I want to play Kaya Orzov Usurper. Oh, yeah, very cool card. This was really underrated when yes. it came out, I think. A lot of people were saying it was one, like the talks were like it was one of the worst planeswalkers ever made. Like, Which is gonna, basically never going to be true for a three-man planeswalker. Exactly. <laughs> Um, yeah, big, there, people were talking like, oh, is this like as bad as Tybalt kind of yeah. thing? The first one, not the second one. And then um, it just sees plenty of competitive play in yeah. all, tons of different formats. Exactly, yeah. And it was definitely being played um, in a sideboard against, uh, it, it was really good against the uh, mono, or yeah, mono blue aggro mm-hmm. that Autumn Burchette played. Right. I, funny story about Kaya, actually. The first Arena Open I played, um, this was when... This Jess guy, Yorion, Luca, you know, Fires of Invention, Mm -hmm. Agent of Treachery, Nonsense deck was the best deck in Standard. Yeah. They used this data to ban that deck (laughs) because it did so well in this tournament. But that was like the number one deck. And I decided to bring an Esper Control homebrew Mm -hmm. because I realized that Kaio was just awesome against every deck that was good right now. Mm -hmm. Like Mono Red, okay, I'm exiling one drops and gaining life. and, uh, And then... I went 7-0 and in day one. Then I promptly went 0-2 in day two. Yeah. But, uh, that was literally the whole reason I went Esper, was because I wanted Teferi. And to, I was going to play blue-white for Teferi, and I wanted Kaya because I thought she was amazing. Yeah, so. yeah I think it's um, definitely interesting. We'll, we'll see how it, how it uh, turns out. But yeah, I think, uh, think it'll be fun. So, yeah, that's kind of what we're excited about, but uh, how about you tell us what you're excited about yeah, for Historic Brawl? Yeah, let us know what uh, historic commanders you would... Yeah, come find us on Instagram or Twitter, at Arena Regulars. There was one more thing in the... Uh, oh, yes, there yeah. was one more. It's uh, classic. Something was pushed back. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> mobile arena, like M- MTG Arena for mobile devices, uh, has been pushed back to 2021. Yes. And we'll get more information when they release call time. Yep. Um, so we, I mean, I wasn't really thinking about that right now. I just got Mac and that took a long time. So right, I'm good yeah. for a while. <laughs> like you take your time, you do whatever. Yeah, Those yeah. mobile people can, <laughs> if you don't have a computer, I don't I know. I honestly don't know if I would play arena on my phone. Anyways. I think it'd be so hard. Yeah. I, I just don't know what situation I'm in where that's my, what I'm doing. At the airport? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Maybe waiting, it, waiting for a flight. Yeah, <laughs> which isn't going to happen very much right now. No, so. yeah. Now's not the time to release it. Yeah, so, and that's why they're pushing it back. I, I'd much rather them focus their their energies on getting, like, eight-person draft on Arena working. Right. For, sorry, uh, eight-person, like, pod. custom pod. The problem with that is, like, do they play against only each other, or do they go into the queues? Because then you have this, I think, the situation of, oh, I jump in with all my friends, they pass me a broken deck. And I just smash everybody on in the Do you queues. think people would do that, though? I think people would do that. I know I wouldn't do that. <laughs> I just feel like... It doesn't seem worth it, and you need, like, seven friends who want yeah, <laughs> to dump who are, the draft. Yeah, who are going <laughs> to... How do you have seven friends who just want to straight up dump the draft to give you a chance to beat on them and other... I mean... Yeah, I don't know. There are going to be some min-maxers that figure out some way to abuse the system. But I think there should be, like, a, a phantom set up your eight player yeah. like you don't keep the cards i mean it's, it's no money you just set it up with your friends and okay. you just play against your friends that'd be interesting like that'd be cool like a free to play just like yeah. a, but then do what we would kind of be like, doing if we like met up and drafted anyways just you don't get to keep the cards yeah i just feel like i don't know if wizards would put time into making that work so that 
people That's don't thing, do that. Right? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense to me necessarily. But I think, you know, being able to match up like a regular video game lobby mm-hmm. where you just have your party and you jump into other, you know, uh, you have other teams. Yeah, that'd be great. I just think, you know, they're worried. I think they are concerned about, let's say you and I jump in together and we're communicating over Discord about what we're seeing in the draft. We have an edge over the six randoms. Oh, who, yeah, who okay, I guess. Paired with uh, I, okay, so I, I see what you mean by just, like, talking about it, but still, like, I mean, I There's got to be a do. solution. They should be able to run their own tournaments on their own client. Exactly, yes. <laughs> they definitely should be able to run their own tournaments, and they're going to look so dope when they do, because we yeah. know it's coming. It's going to happen. Like, it's not just... Yeah, out in, out in nowhere. Like I really it. want just spectator mode for these to make watching these tournaments better. Yeah, I just want to watch it on Arena, which mm-hmm. would be great. Yeah, um, seems fairly simple p- to be able to do, and the chat function works well enough that I'm sure you could just have like a, a chat with anybody. Um, we, we all just get emotes. We get a little head, and we can use our emotes and stickers. <laughs> you wait. You like are <laughs> are in the on the uh, outskirts. Yeah, of the yeah. You're in the. You're like watching in the stands. Yeah, we're like in. Um, basically, they have like a a plane that's like battle bond, and we're all in the stands, and we're yelling about different things. And just Zach's sticker. <laughs> yeah, it's just me just throwing the the fingers all day. That's pretty funny. I'd be down. Um, I would definitely like sit and watch that. Uh, but anyway, <clears throat> and then we, you could play your own matches in between. Yeah, the, totally. Yeah, you can jump in and out. I mean, like you can basically do that now, but I got to alt tab though. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I got to switch between my my desktops, whatever. Um, anyway, we hope that that comes at some point, but I really hope there's other things they're working on for Arena that are seem more interesting. So yeah, and we know a lot of people really pumped for it to come out on mobile. Yeah. yeah. So, Sorry for those of you that have to wait a little longer. Zach yeah. had to go through the same thing. Yeah, you just you gotta you gotta take it. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> but he can um, tell you it does happen eventually. It does happen <laughs> eventually, and it feels so good. <laughs> uh, but with that, I think I need another beer. Yeah, me too. All it's right. Not exactly the same. With doing it real instead of. I know. We should just always do the fake sounds. Yeah, maybe we should just open always them do off the air fake, and... fake sounds. Yeah. yeah. All right. right. Got this smoked honey over here. Yeah, I got this coffee blonde, which may or may not be a brown ale. Coffee blonde that almost has like a um, like a hair dye sound. Coffee blonde. <laughs> yeah, I would get that Ooh. color. Okay, all right. That really messes with you. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, because you're not expecting it to taste like that. Yeah, because it, it looks so different, and especially in this mug, it just looks like. It looks like Moosehead or something. Yeah. And then you taste it and you're like, am I drinking a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> and then you have some beer. You're like, okay, that, that that's beer. I think the first time I tried a blonde stout. Now, mm-hmm. this isn't quite a blonde stout, but yeah. it's a coffee-infused blonde ale. Yeah. The first time I tried a blonde stout, I just it took me the whole beer to decide whether or not I liked it. And at the end, I was just like, I still don't know. <laughs> because I like the taste. Yeah. But it, it just messes with my mind, man. Yeah, it's just... <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll figure it out. Um, this is but, pretty good, though. It just tastes like a honey brown. Yeah, it's not as smoky as I was hoping. I know. I think the, I, I couldn't read your reaction. So. Yeah, I was trying to keep it really low profile. <laughs> so I was expecting also, oh, man, it's got to be super smoky. <laughs> so I was kind of hoping it would be like very smoky. Mm-hmm. It's almost there. Kind of. I, yeah, think it's it's really, smoky, yeah. I think it's really honey. Yeah, it tastes like a honey brown, but there is definitely mm-hmm. some some smokiness def- going on. Yeah, well, well, the jury's still out on this one, but uh, 
Well, we'll, figure it well out. we have a whole section. We, we, well, we have a whole beer to, to, decide, to yeah. drink before we do that. So, uh, but yeah, so we have we played some Kaladesh and we have some first impressions about it. Yeah, I figured we'd just grab some beers and talk some Kaladesh because that sounds great to me. I've been playing a lot actually since it came out. Just been really pumped on a variety yeah. of different formats, and so I have some impressions. I also have some impressions. Yeah. I played a lot. Um, and I remember most of it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely had some decks the next day. I was like looking at untapped. I was like, what? when did I draft that? When did I draft this? When did I go 03? Yeah, I was like, and it was definitely 03. I was like, hmm, interesting. <laughs> mm, yeah. I did have a torrential gear hulk though. That seems pretty. Oh, that's sweet. And then I was like, I don't think I played, I don't even remember. So I don't really know how that one went, but, um, but yeah, how'd you do? What, uh. What were you doing? I did some drafting as well. That's mm-hmm. how I started, right? Whenever a new set comes out, you just want to draft it a lot. Yeah. Um, a, new draft formats are awesome. Yeah. And B, you want to build up your collection. Exactly. So, uh, you know, any card you don't have to use a wild card on, might as well learn about it right away. You know? Yes. And uh, so I didn't do a lot, though. I did maybe five-ish mm-hmm. drafts. Um, and it's kind of was what I expected. It was bet- somewhere between Kaladesh draft and Ether Revolt draft. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it just kind of reminded me that I didn't love Kaladesh draft when that was the format of choice. I loved Aether Revolt, mm-hmm. but I didn't like Kaladesh that much. And the reason was that Kaladesh is very snowbally. Mm-hmm. If one player kind of gets ahead and the other player stumbles at all, they just kind of get steamrolled. Yeah. And then to sort of complement that, it's also really bomb centric. I find mm-hmm. there are just some the rare cards and even some choice uncommons mm-hmm. are just so much better than all the commons and uncommons that sometimes you can play a really great game ha- it comes back and forth and then your opponent just drops some mythic rare yeah and there's like, nothing you you could do awesome yeah like, i don't know have you seen this demon of dark schemes card <laughs> got hosed by that one i got beat by tezzeret making an ethereum cell which my opponent then sacked to ramp out demon of dark schemes a turn earlier and then they used Confiscation Coup on my best thing. And I was like, oh. oh, cool. So turn four Mythic Rare, turn five Mythic Rare, turn f- turn six, like, Steal one of the bomb. best rares in the set. Great. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so the they just had, like, four of my creatures in play by the end yeah. of this it, it event. Is that, so it is interesting because it, I feel like every time I'm playing, blue-black has been open a lot. Mm-hmm. At least, in, and I haven't really played it. Um, there was one draft I had. I didn't have... Demon of Dark Schemes. I had Herald of the um, something. Anguish. The the yeah, Herald of the Anguish. Herald of Anguish. Of yeah. Anguish. Um, I was yeah. in my treasure at deck, so I know it. Yeah. Well. So it's the improvised flying one that you can sack artifacts. Makes you discard to cards and kill stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. E- at the beginning of each end step, it makes them discard cards. So um, I thought that was. It's. I mean, it's a five five flyer that improvises out. Oh, um, that, but that it card's was a bomb. Definitely, most of the time, I was just in a. The rest of my deck was not good enough, and I just mm-hmm. wasn't in a good place. But I definitely saw that, I think the first deck I made was, I think it was green, red, um, and it was just creatures, mm-hmm. basically. Just like almost completely creatures. Probably a bit of an energy sub-theme. There was some, uh, yeah, there's a little bit of an energy sub-theme. Um, but basically the first game I played, I was just laughing because I had a rich scale Tusker, which is one of the big reasons I was green. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our boards were like pretty even. And then I think they were at like 18 life. And I played a Ridge Scale Tusker, and they just said, good game, and then just scooted, just Conceded, like, done. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, wow. Um, it, I have seen that people 
remember which cards they are looking for mm-hmm. to either kill immediately or uh, different things. So it has been interesting, the stuff that gets killed that I didn't think was going to get killed. I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I guess you fought, you really think that that is bad or you knew that was terrible. You're going to use a hardest lightning on something I thought wasn't worth doing that, but right. uh, maybe things are just better than I think they are. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I mean, there is a lot of removal in this set, but mm, at the same true. time, there are these bombs mm-hmm. flying around that you need to save removal for. Yeah. So. so, but I definitely know what you're talking about with um, the kind of snowballing effect where if uh, someone starts to get ahead, it's hard to catch up. I mean, thriving um, rhino is just the perfect example. You exactly. Get, you get caught behind a thriving rhino, and you're just yeah you're taking Especially so much damage just because the thriving rhino is going to get stronger as it attacks and right. a lot of the cards that you probably drafted to be chumpers for things like that or different stuff you have to attack for them to like any of the the aether cards mm-hmm. you have to attack to get a, the servo. a servo yeah um and it you can't attack usually they have something else that's big enough to kill one of those things so it can get pretty difficult um trying to get enough creatures even just to crew something to try to stand up to a rhino or even trade with a rhino uh when it can get big enough so so, yeah, I didn't play that much because I kind of got beat down by rares and then got sick of it. Mm-hmm. I think I will circle back to it. I yeah. think I was just kind of on the wrong side of variants. Like, I drafted a couple of green-black decks that I thought were busted because they had multiple snakes, multiple ridge-scale tuskers. Like, wow. I thought they were really good decks, good curve. And then I just get kind of cheesed out of the game by some ridiculous mythic rare and go, you know, 2-3 with this amazing deck. Wow. Happened a few times, and then I was just like, I'm going to take a break from this format. <laughs> that makes me feel pretty good because I went 2-3 with some pretty terrible decks. And I was like, <laughs> I really squeezed out a couple wins there. I should not have. It's funny how that feels, right? You mm-hmm. know, we both went 2-3, but you're feeling fine good. about it. And I'm like devastated. because I, I definitely have I been. the draft um, went so well. Yeah. I was pretty proud. I think I went 3-3 three and three with a deck that the only win con was um, Minister of... Um, inquiries? Yeah, Inquiries. Because <laughs> I had two of them, and I just had a ton of things that made energy. Yeah, that card would... can kill your opponent, and your opponent never wants to use removal on it. Exactly. But... So I was like, you're not going to kill this thing. And sometimes I'll just bounce it back to my hand. I'm like, okay, play it. Two more energy. <laughs> just constructed all-star, by the way. Minister yeah. of Inquiries. Um, so features it... in, a, in a deck in a later set. So... Uh, similar to my rune crab problem became my new <laughs> yeah, problem right. it's your rune crab right? and every time i see it i'm like i should take it but it's not as good as rune crab because you know obviously i get rune crabs just free value from things you're going to do anyway yeah and you have to tap it and all the stuff but i still every time i see it i'm like mm, no i yeah. shouldn't <laughs> i'm not in blue don't go down that it's path. pack three <laughs> don't take it that's a common right so you're just far more it's an like, uncommon oh it is okay. yeah yeah, so it's exactly like rune. Crabs. Yeah, exactly. So it's never forget that draft I sent you where I had three rune crabs. You're just like three. <laughs> Come on, never. I never get three. And I was like, yeah, I got them all late in pack three too. I was like, fuck you. <laughs> but uh, I had to send that one. Yeah, I think I've drafted. So people really don't like playing electrostatic pummeler. Mm. I, I think I've drafted three or four of them. I might have a playset just from drafting them. You could build a deck. I could probably, yeah. I, I'm thinking about building just a historic deck with them because I have all of them now. And the rest of the pieces for most of those decks are all commons and uncommons. For the most part, I think Bristling Hydra is another piece that people use, but... Yeah, but it's not even like... It's just a rare. You don't need it either. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like... It's you, you could build a deck where the only rares are Electrostatic Pummeler and Lands. Yeah. 
and it would be um, a, like a totally fine deck. Yeah, so maybe I'll do that for next week, and I can show you guys. And it plays a little similar to the the Boggles style decks. That you I know. Like. I watched a couple of videos today, and I was like, "Ooh, this looks fun." Just <laughs> yeah. killing out of nowhere. It's very protect the queen kind of thing too. Uh, I only have this creature, but I have a lot of ways to give it hexproof. Yeah, I I do. I I think I am a big fan of like basically using protect the queen cards, right? Mm -hmm. The hexproof cards yeah. are essentially your removal or your counter spells, basically. Yeah. So you, instead of removing stuff, you just protect the thing and make it better than everything else and just be like, ha-ha! <laughs> and Kaladesh brought a pretty damn good one with Blossoming Defense. Blossoming yeah. Defense. I actually lost a game because... So we had pretty even boards. I was playing this green-blue crap, I think. Not great deck. But I had a choice. I played Rishkar's Expertise, drew some cards. That's pretty good. Had three lands open afterwards. Our boards were stalled. And I was like, okay, I'm at three life. I can I have good blocks on everything because they had a bunch of servos. Um, but I had really good blocks. I had a bunch of like two threes and stuff. So I was like, I have Blossoming Defense in my hand. Or I can play Wildest Dreams and get Rishkar's Expertise back for Wildest next turn. Wildest Dreams. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, and so I've been wanting <laughs> to play Wildest <laughs> Dreams because of Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, and I'm sorry I did that without you. We were supposed to do that I know we were together. supposed to do it together. I'm yeah. pretty upset about it. <laughs> uh, but it's fine. Anyway, so I was like, okay, as I'm casting Wildest Dreams to get Rishkar's expertise back, I'm like, hmm, maybe the only way that I lose this match is if I lose one of my creatures. <laughs> but they had no <laughs> cards in hand, so I was like, okay, this will be fine. And then, of course, they untap, and then they draw the removal spell that deals three damage to a creature and two to your face. Yep. And then they won by the one servo they got through. <laughs> That's awesome. And I was like, for and them. I... Awesome for them. And I should have just kept up bossing That's the, the classic face. thing. As soon as you make a play and realize, oh, there is this one really low likelihood out that they could have. I should have done something slightly different, but I'm sure it doesn't matter. You know they're going to they draw They just it. have it. You know that's it. So <laughs> that was a bummer. Uh, but <laughs> you learned something. Yes, and I got to cast Wildest Dreams. Ah, ah. <laughs> well done. <laughs> it's a, oh, that's how I'm going to sing it from now on, yeah. I think. Eight out of ten. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. One thing I did want to say is my only, I shouldn't say my only successful run, but like the only run I got to seven wins with was with red-white aggro. Okay. So it was, um, I'm not going to remember the name of this card, but it's like a two, three for three. And whenever you an artifact enters the battlefield, it gets plus two, plus oh, and trample till end of turn. It's a common. Oh, okay. And I just had a few of these guys and then a whole bunch of, uh, oh, you're talking about the um, the salivating salivating gremlins. gremlins. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's a two three for three in red, mm -hmm. and uh, whenever an artifact ETBs, it gets plus two plus zero and trample. And then I played a whole bunch of cog workers, puzzle knots, mm -hmm. and servo exhibitions, and uh, yeah, basically things that are make multiple artifacts. Yeah, and uh, kind of just steamrolled people with these. Like I attacked for twenty with two of these salivating gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> My opponent was beating me down with thriving rhinos, and I'm just taking all the damage, and then I'm like, all right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep, that gets them both up to 10. Let's attack. Boom. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, so beware of that uh, card, because in these red-white decks, it was shockingly easy to get them up to, like, eight power tramplers yeah. for a three-drop common, you know? Totally. So that was my one sort of big success that wasn't an archetype I knew was good. I just kind of ended up in it yeah i still don't know if it's good but when you're playing against it you have to beware that there are a lot of ways to make 
two or even three artifacts. Yeah. Because um, Cogworkers Puzzle Knot makes three if you have enough mana. Because it comes into play, makes a servo, it's an artifact, and you can sack it to make another servo. Yeah. So you can, just with one card, you can give this thing plus six, plus oh, and trample. That's, and, and especially if you have more of them, because they're really easy to get. Yeah, exactly. They're um, commons that nobody else really wants. Yeah. So. And then people aren't really thinking about the the gremlin if it's just sitting on the battlefield because it seems like it's not that yeah like, so it's pretty innocuous and this is a format where you know you got to save removal for the big stuff yes so the two three doesn't really it looks unassuming exactly and it, it's going to be the, ten. yeah <laughs> um so after you told me that story i would definitely started uh killing those um yeah whenever i could <laughs> i'm like okay that's pumped up maybe twice uh i don't really want this around anymore right <laughs> uh, i'm gonna prioritize that pretty bad on defense though that pretty yeah. pretty bad on defense but yeah that that was basically my kaladesh draft experience uh, yeah like i said i'm gonna play more because i i hope to play in this draft challenge actually yeah and uh, i want to collect my tesserets so <laughs> yeah. i need to start grinding the the drafts to build my collection soon I actually feel pretty good because I almost have a play set of all the fast lands. Wow. I did pretty good. You nailed I, it. Yeah. It's exactly what you're looking to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of it was like each draft I'd get probably one, maybe two. Mm -hmm. um, but then I just kept opening them in prize packs and I was like, great, this is awesome. I think the only one I don't have any copies of is Botanical Sanctum. Um, so, and that's a kind of important one-ish. If you want to play Uro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So... Um, Although even then, I think that deck mostly wants the shocks, because you know it expects to have four lands in play very early on in the yeah, game. So, with growth spiral yeah, so yeah, so I guess maybe it's not very good. Yeah. Um, well, no, I mean if you want to play like pummeler decks, yeah, they were often blue green as well. So that also works. Um, or if I want them, yeah, that's really good. Or if I just want to play Kinnon in Historic Brawl, there you go. That's you're a gonna good want card. one of these. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, these cards are their best for aggro decks. Mm -hmm. um, I think when Kaldheim comes around, mm -hmm. basically any of these color pairs, the aggro decks are going to be four of these and four pathways, mm -hmm. and that's going to be kind of your default. And then you'll supplement it with shocks and stuff. Yeah. So I was wondering, do we know for sure if we're getting the rest of the pathways during Kaldheim? Yeah, Maro said that. He said specifically Kaldheim. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's good to know, because I was thinking, you know, it would also make sense if we had them in Innistrad, because they're flip lands. Yeah. And if they're making them as a sheet, other another set that has flip cards would make sense. So that's the thing. Um, Call Time also has flip cards. There you go. Yeah, so Morrow basically said that when they happened upon this, like, MDFC thing, mm -hmm. modal double-faced cards... Which is a horrible name, by the way. Yeah, I know. I really <laughs> hope that they would come up with something else, but whatever. Uh, that's the what community will come up with something clever. Yeah, yeah. Come on, somebody. Are we just going to call all of them pathways now? Yeah, <laughs> everything's a pathway. And anything that that flips into a land is a pathway, yeah. even if it doesn't say <laughs> pathway on it. Um, but he he basically said they came up with so many ideas for them that they then decided each kind of set would have its own take on modal double faced cards. So Zendikar was that. One side of every card was a land. At least one side of every oh, card was a land because it's a land-based set. Sure. But in Kaldheim, that it might not be, be like the case. Equipment. Yeah, be it could be like an equipment spell kind of thing. Who knows? That seems pretty. It has sweet, to fit actually. the theme of Kaldheim. 
And so I mean Vikings and axes. Anyway, sorry, I'm not going to go too deep into it. But I know I kind of want to start theory, like just ah, yeah. But like, <laughs> how often do you want an equipment and you actually don't have any creatures for it? If you had a creature and then it could flip to be equipment, oh, I think that's definitely something they'll do. I don't know if it's in call time, but that seems yeah. pretty cool to me. Anyway, whatever. Sorry, getting too excited about something that's not real. <laughs> Strixhaven's um, going to be like wizard slash spell flip card. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of their plan. Mm-hmm. So there are MDFCs so so this is just going to be the next year where we're just going to see a bunch of these flip cards. Exactly, and so especially with Innistrad for sure. So or so, I guess like you're saying, the reason there's six and Zendikar is like a sheet thing, mm-hmm. and so the other four are on the sheets of Call Time. So then maybe they only have four of each of the other ones. Possibly, who knows? But yeah, historic seems to be pretty wide open right now. There's a lot of um, different. Yeah, it sure is. I mean, we knew Kaladesh was gonna mix things up. Mm-hmm. I think the effect it's had is like less than people thought. Like some of the cards aren't necessarily the powerhouses we assumed they might yeah, be. Yeah, or remembered them to be. Yeah, yeah, because you know, obviously comparing their dominance in standard to uh, dominance in historic, it's not yeah. the same. But it's still sh- like shaking up the meta. In a yeah, very real way. you're seeing a lot of different decks you wouldn't be expecting. A lot of Aetherworks Marvel decks are going around. Yeah, the, none of them seems to have found the secret yet. Yeah, so sometimes you'll play it and you don't know if you're playing against one or not, and then they'll play like a tune to Aether or something, and you're like, or, or a tune with Aether, and you're like, there you go. Right. Okay, this is probably uh, Aetherworks Marvel. Yeah, I, I haven't been impressed with the versions that are trying to go all in and you know, turn four Marvel into Ulamog is kind of their only way to win. I've um, seen a lot more where I keep, it's just uh, Ugin. Mm-hmm. I'm just seeing like... But even then, things. like an early Ugin doesn't guarantee a win. I guess a lot of times it I'm playing... It wipes the board. That's I'm, pretty sweet. I'm but. usually playing like aggro decks. Yeah, but your Bomat Courier sticks around. That's true, but usually they just like... People have been sniping out Bomat Courier's like... Yeah, yeah people know to kill that card. They know Anyone who played during that standard knows that card must die at all costs. And so then I can get other things to hit the battlefield, but... Um, you only well, need your opponent to like refuel to a six-card hand off Bomat Courier one time before you kill it on sight for and the rest like, of your And then you're like, oh, I have to kill that always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is really interesting. <laughs> I also had some uh, Lava Coil my Hazaret. And then I just went, nice, and then just nothing happened. I'm did like, they give you the crying sticker? Uh, they did, actually. Nice. Yeah. I, <laughs> and then Proper they just ed- etiquette. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I did feel bad because I went nice. Um, th- almost thinking, like, this might actually be an interaction that I didn't. I thought that wouldn't work, but maybe it does. Yeah. Um, and it definitely didn't. I was like, okay, that works the I way I wonder if I they were like, I'm going to lose if this doesn't work anyways. Let me fire this off. And see. And just confirm that it doesn't work. Yeah, just because that's a replacement effect, right? So it won't ever die, so it won't go to exile. Exactly, yeah. Um, oh, one thing along that line that I wanted to mention. For those of you that have not played with Fatal Push, mm-hmm. Fatal Push is worded in kind of a weird way. It says, destroy target creature if its converted mana cost is two or less. That means you can target whatever you want. But if you target a six drop with it, nothing will happen. The fatal mm-hmm. push will just go right to the graveyard. So we're used to removal spells that are conditional, just only being able to target those things, so Arena won't even let us do it. Right. Fatal push is one where it will let you do it, but it just won't work. This is particularly bad if you forget that you haven't triggered revolt. You might use it on a four drop and think, oh, it's letting me target it. Okay. So, God. I can kill this four drop, and then nothing happens because you forgot to trigger revolt first. Oof. So, this is 
something to watch out with with Fatal Push. That's good to know. I did not. I've been play, been playing a lot of Fatal Push, so that's good to know that uh, Reno will just be like, "Go for it." Yeah, yeah. Try it. <laughs> See what happens. Because I used to play it on Magic Online, and it, I got got by that a couple of times, and then I realized, okay, it will let me target anything. <laughs> let let, let me, me make sure. Okay. Um, well, good to know. So it, it hasn't happened to me on Arena because I, I sort of got already scared by it. Yeah, Magic you already Online. know. Yeah. Um, I already learned my lesson. But with that, Jeff, how are you feeling about these beers? Pretty good, man. Yeah. I, uh, I like the Spirit Wolf. It's like, it's a trip. Yeah, it's one of the, you're not sure how to feel about it and then start to come around, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think let's let's do Spirit Wolf first, I think. Okay. So I like I like the packaging. It's good. There is this interesting thing that had I sometimes have a weird bug in my head that like these cans that have this I don't know, uh yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like a seam where they kind of you you can feel that they slap something on. Mm -hmm. Um it's like a plastic sometimes. Um Collective Arts does this all the time. Right. It's, it's where the, the label like meets up on yes. the other side. So I have like, there is a small part of me that has like a weird distaste for it. Strange. I don't know why. Do you prefer the ones that are clearly just a silver can and then you can see the label? It like reveals that it's doing this where it's putting a sticker over top of the um, space. No, most, I think it's just the way you hold, when you hold it and you oh, feel you it. Oh, you feel it, okay. It just, that's what it, I, I don't care the way it looks, like Collective Arts I think looks so cool, mm -hmm. but I can feel it when I touch it. Yeah, this one you can kind of see. Yeah, you can see overlap, but you can't actually feel it But you can't all. touch it, right? Uh, and most beer cans Sorry, are I was like using that. the other one. Yes, one, yeah, exactly. the other one. But, um, but yeah, so that would be my only gripe with like the actual, um, Look of the can. I feel like we're getting pretty nitpicky. At we're pretty. I. I mean, I. I feel like I grade them so highly that I need to like start. Yeah, yeah. Really we need to start just in. laying the smack down. You know, pretend it's Brad Nelson and his this dog is, is sick or you something. Know you know what? It's got a dog on it. Yeah. You know, uh, bronze. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> just kidding. It's a wolf and. Uh, um, <laughs> Brad, I'm still sorry. Uh, but no, I. I do like it. I think. Um, I would. I. I don't know if I'd ever like see it and be like, I'm definitely picking this. But now that I've tasted it, I'm like, this is definitely a beer I want people to try. And I will definitely bring uh, to show to different people. Yeah, it's really cool, right? Um, yeah. So I'm glad you showed it to me. Yeah. I will definitely give this platinum like the can feels. Feels like a high platinum. I was thinking the same thing. I was going to give it plat one. Yeah, plat one mm -hmm. feels pretty good with this. Um, uh it's like it's like your fun brew that's just not good enough to get to diamond, and right. you just sit in plat one for a while, and yeah. you're like, oh, you know what? I'm fine with this though. Like we can I'm have just some having fun. having a great time. You know? I go up, I go Winning down. Like exactly fifty percent. Yeah, it's yeah. all good. You know, I'm just gonna drink this. I'm fine. So that's kind of how I feel about that. Yeah, um, I was thinking the exact same thing. Pretty solid. How about the the smoked honey? Smoked in I'm gonna say quotations right here. Yeah. So I like this. Um, Honestly, if they just took out the word smoked, I yeah. might like it more because the fact that they put the word smoked on there like raises my expectation that I like Absolutely. I like smoked flavors. Yes. Um, so when I see that, I'm kind of excited. And then it just doesn't bring that much of that, actually. It really just feels like they don't know what tongues are, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like, I get a lot more what? honey than... than yeah, it's like, what's smoked. going on with your taste buds? Yeah. So it may, it whenever somebody seems to market something that seems like off to me. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm a little bit worried about what they are tasting or what other products they will be putting out. Right. Um, not I that can't I trust them. Yeah, I don't <laughs> trust them. 
Um, what was this? This didn't taste leathery at all. Yeah. So this is Royal City. Um, I mean, like everyone's taste buds are different. Everybody has different words for what tastes they kind of have. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a good honey beer, uh, but I've definitely had much better. And the smoke doesn't really come through. So I'm probably just going to, I might actually give it a gold. Yeah. I was going to go either low platinum or high gold on this. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't think it's bad. It's not bad. Um, I have and a few I do more. like brown ales. I think it's kind of an underrated style. And yeah. this does hit the kind of maltiness you want from that. The... It definitely does. Um, but I think I just got, I was just disappointed. I was I was hoping it was going to be weirder. I wanted like some weird smoke. <laughs> yeah, somehow I brought the weird How beer. did you bring the weird beer? I feel like, I don't know. You're going to have to up your game. Yeah, so let's say uh, so. gold one. I'll that. say gold one. I'm. Um, I mean, obviously, I'm not going to get too nitpicky with uh, all this stuff, but gold, high gold. Yeah, still good, respectable. Yeah, um, yeah. I'll be there once a month. <laughs> <laughs> not if you achieve your goal this month. Uh, yes. Uh, well, I think I'm going to achieve my gold instead. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not very good, but Loved I'm going to. I'm going to. Loved take it. it. <laughs> um, but with that, anyway, let's go to a beer break. All right. Here we go. Zach, what did you pick? I went with the Spirit Wolf. Yeah. That's the Coffee Blonde. I, yeah, the Coffee Blonde is good. Um, you know, this is two weeks in a row that I picked your beer. <laughs> I'm really, I think I need to like give some more thought to my beer. You're going to have to up your game, I think. Yeah, I'm like not happy about it. <laughs> I mean, last week was a shoe-in. Yeah, last week was rough because that's just like, you know, good. This one I was thrown off by because I definitely thought I was going to bring the most interesting beer. Yeah. And you did somehow, so... Well, your beer seemed to be less interesting than advertised, and mine was more interesting yes. than advertised. Yeah, so yours was like, hmm, I don't really know about this, but I'll try it. And mine was like, ooh, that seems... Mm-hmm. And then they just flip-flopped. Yep. Um, which, uh, you know... Let's call it variance. Yes, it's variance. <laughs> Tribute. Chalk that one up to variance. Mm-hmm. So this next section, we are talking about historic deck lists that you can play. Um, but I, we have three for you. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a budget version, a like medium, and then like an expensive version. But... Uh, we did kind of coin this term, which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah. Um, well, we are calling this Go Wide, Go Tall, Mill It All. Nice. Uh, so this is the uh, blue-white edition. So all the decks will be blue-white. So the premise is that you will craft the lands that you need, and your mana base will be the same for all the decks. Right. So, so for blue-white, for example, you get your hallowed fountains. Yes. You get your glacial fortresses. Mm-hmm. Maybe your temples of enlightenment, I want to say. Yes, and then you could an irrigated farmland here and yeah, there. Exactly. Um, but that's basically the mana base that we're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are three different decks that you can play and kind of you can start on the budget one and then kind of work your way up if you don't have those yet, or three different decks that you might already have the pieces for that you can just play. Yeah, and we've said it before, and we'll say it again. Don't play with bad mana bases. Never you play should, with a bad mana base. You should get the mana base first, yes. and that's the idea here. So our budget deck has no other rares. Mm-hmm. The only rares in the deck are lands. You start here. Because remember, they're the most important thing to your deck. Mm-hmm. It takes up like over a third of your deck is lands. You should play good ones. Just focus on playing magic. Right. right. A lot of people get frustrated when they're like, oh, well, I didn't draw another land, or I drew too many or whatever, or I didn't have the right colors or what, whatever. Right. I if have you, this Narset and this Wrath of God, but, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't, you know, couldn't I couldn't play one on turn three and then the other on turn four. Why not? Because you weren't playing with a good mana base. Right. So that's the idea. So we have, uh, as we said, a budget edition. Literally no non-land rares. 
somewhere that's halfway between. I don't know exactly how many rares are in our list, but uh, yeah, yeah, I think the I think there are more non rares, non rare non land cards than there are rare non land cards. Yeah, in, or about fifty fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but definitely. Um, so and we're gonna do this forever. So mm-hmm. when we talk about budget decks in historic or just I guess anything, we are never talking about the lands being budget. Yes. Lands should just you should have them. And that's how you, just the base level you should play, Right. have those lands. And to sort of compensate for that, we're putting no rares in the exactly slots. So let's get started with that budget deck then. Yeah, what's the budget deck? You so, brewed this one up. Yeah, so the budget for budget deck for blue-white mm-hmm. is, essentially it's a blue-white flyers deck. Um, now, if I'm not mistaken, they should be able to find the, these deck lists by following our Instagram or our Twitter. Yeah, so if you go on, there. yeah, go to our Instagram or Twitter. We will post links for all this stuff. A lot of it's going to be on MTG Goldfish. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is where you can find it to follow along if you'd like. Uh, but we'll also talk about the important cards here. Yeah, so. and if you just want to grab this list and start playing, you know, that's where you'll find it. Yeah. Back in the day um, when sort of Kaladesh slash Amonkhet uh, was the standard format, there's a really strong standard deck called Blue White uh, Monument. Okay. And it was built around Oketra's Monument. So this kind of started with me wanting to play Blue White Monument. Mm-hmm. But also since then, we've got a lot of like Blue White flying cards and we've got a Lord uh, Empyrean Eagle, which gives flying creatures plus one plus one. We've mm-hmm. given other reasons that you want a lot of flyers in your deck, like Lofty Denial, which counters something. If you have a flyer, it makes them pay four. And it's so good. It's like a really supercharged mana leak if, mm-hmm. you're, if you're in a flying deck. And Rally of Wings gives all flying creatures plus two, plus two, and untaps them at instant speed. It's like a really good sort of, uh, you know, mini overrun type effect in the deck. So I decided to combine these things. It's a blue-white flyers deck that plays Oketra's Monument as a way to um, sort of grind people out. Mm-hmm. And I think what makes this deck viable is cloud blazer new edition this is three white blue for a two two flying when it enters the battlefield you gain two life and draw two cards this gives this kind of tempo based uh, aggressive like it leans aggressive but it can play the long game because of cards like this that mm-hmm. just draw cards if you get an oketra's monument down this only costs four and will make a one one when it comes into play draw you two cards gain two life boom like this deck can really keep up so the idea is you get behind some cheap flyers Best one being Spectral Sailor, mm-hmm. but there's all there's also Siren Storm Tamer, which helps protect your key cards, uh, and then Watcher of the Spheres, um, which is a two-two flying so- pseudo lord. It gets pumped by other flyers and it makes your flyers cheaper. Yeah, and then you protect them with Counter Magic. I have a couple copies of Spell Pierce, but like we talked about, Lofty Denial is kind of the big one. Yeah, and yeah, I played this deck. I played it mostly in Platinum, and I had. A respectable win rate, above 50%. I wasn't, you know, destroying everyone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it was also early builds of the deck, and I, I made a lot of mistakes, because the <laughs> deck's actually not that easy to play. Yeah, and most of the time you will find that um, any deck, you're like, oh, this is really straightforward. You start playing it, it gets a lot more complicated when you actually have a lot of things to think about. Right. Um, but anytime I can play a Cloud Blazer for a white-blue, possibly, yeah. <laughs> that sounds amazing. Yeah. You just uh, get, like, a couple of Ketra monu- Ketra's Monuments and a Watcher of the Spheres, boom. So it has to be the other way, because Oketra's Monument actually is legendary. Something to watch mm. out for. Um, but Sorry. Two Watchers and a, and a Monument? There you go. <laughs> yes. So one Oketra's Monument <laughs> yeah. and two Watchers of the Spheres. You can get your Cloud Blazer to be uh, just two mana. Yeah, and then I also I, um, I made it up to Diamond with 
a different deck. I was playing a different deck in Historic, and then I came back to this, tuned it a bit more, and I was able to win a few matches in Diamonds. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is a very reasonable deck to tip your toe, dip your toes into Historic with. It's just because it has almost all uncommons doesn't mean it's bad. Right? Absolutely not. Um, this deck has... Uh, like earlier versions of this deck has wrecked me just because like all of a sudden I just can't block any flyers. Yeah. I'm just like, okay, well, you're just attacking for a ton in the air every turn. I can't even chomp anything. Yeah, um, and with Watcher the Spheres, sometimes you have these turns where you just play like two Empyrean Eagles and that makes two tokens from your monument and then everything is just huge. Yeah. Uh, and then like I say, with Elite Guard Mage and Cloud Blazer, you're just refilling your hand. Um, to, to just keep up the pressure. Yeah. And you can kind of keep them off balance with your lofty denials. So uh, it's a pretty fun deck. It's kind of tempo-based. And yeah, it, it can be surprisingly good. Like, I was playing against, you know, Yorion, Esper, Doom decks, and I was keeping up on with them in mm-hmm. cards in the late game. Yeah, I, I um, believe that. And I'd play against control decks, and I actually, like, outgrinded the control deck was my way to win because... They kept having to wrath the board, and then I'd just refill my hand with more creatures <laughs> that draw cards. Um, so, yeah, really fun deck if you just want to build up your mana base and then, you know, play a, an uncommon base deck. Just, like, right away. If you're sitting on, like, you don't have any, your mana base uh, for Historic is literally zero. Mm-hmm. You're like, I don't have any Hallowed Fountains. I don't have any Glacial Fortresses or or even Temples. And even if you're just sitting on, like, eight rare wild cards, boom, you can play this deck. Drop the temples. And Drop the temples yeah. uh, and play the deck. You can play the lifelands instead. They're obviously much worse, but the biggest ones are going to be Hallowed Fountain and Glacial Fortress. Honestly, if you drop the temples, put an island and planes in there, it's not that different. It's, yeah, it's really, like, as we said before with our staples conversation, the shocklands are all staples for Historic. They're very important uh, get them, but this is the first step, like choosing your color pair. Um, if you are like blue-white, this totally. is a great way to start. And one thing to just note, this is going to apply to all blue-white decks, but uh, when the blue-white pathway comes out, this deck in particular will benefit a lot from that, mm-hmm. just being a, an aggressively slanted deck. It wants blue one-drops, but it wants a lot of planes as well. Yeah. Um, so, so are you saying when the, uh, the pathways come out, are we just replacing Glacial Fortresses for the pathways? Or no, I think you're replacing uh, probably two temples and two temples, like an island and a plains or something like that. And still keep all four glacial fortresses. Yeah, because this deck doesn't really care about actually having basic lands. It doesn't run Fabled Passage, mm-hmm. and it doesn't have anything that cares about basic lands. So, like, island and plains are straight upgraded by a pathway. Yeah. Right? That's true. Okay. Uh, Definitely makes sense. And it doesn't love tapped lands, so the temples are already not the best. They're just, just kind of in there to make the mana work. Yeah. Now, just because this deck that I have is all uncommons doesn't mean that you can't upgrade it with some rares that you might happen to have. Yeah, of course. It's just a really good place to start. Exactly. I think some of the most obvious inclusions would be Brazen Borrower, mm-hmm. Skycat Sovereign, and Emeria's Call. Yeah. And then stuff like Linvala Shield of Seagate is good at protecting its wraths and if you want to go a bit slower grindier version maybe dream trawler yeah i definitely see that i think i've seen this deck a lot with uh the cat you had talked about earlier mm-hmm. um that's the majority of the time yeah sky cat uh sovereign is one the one that i see most of the time 
Um, but honestly, playing this deck, there were no cards that I was like, this card's just bad, but it's budget, so I need to play it, and I can't great. upgrade it. Yeah. So I'm not even sure what you're cutting for these cards, but yeah, uh, some, you probably want to make room for Skycat Sovereign, Brazen Borrower. Yeah. Marius Call takes the place of a land, so that's mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, actually, I don't think I've ever seen a Brazen Borrower in these, this deck just because it's trying to uh, put stuff on the ground, or sorry, in the sky mm -hmm. <laughs> so so quickly. Uh, and Brazen usually takes two turns. Um, you don't have to. You, you can just cast it. That is very true, but it does feel bad in your... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it gives you a bit of interaction and more fight against Wraths because mm -hmm. you can end step it. Yeah. All right, what's our medium tier deck? So, so. the medium tier deck, uh, you may have heard me talk about this before, mm -hmm. um, but I am actually a, quite a big fan of the blue-white auras deck. It doesn't use that many rare wild cards or rares in general. Um, I would say the one that I've kind of uh, chosen basically has eight rare wild cards in the main deck, uh, besides the lands, of course. Uh, and then about three in the sideboard. So it's really not going to be that terrible to kind of jump into. Mm -hmm. uh, the key cards, basically you're playing Luris as a companion. So all of your permanents are going to cost um, two, two or uh, CMC or less. Yeah. Uh, but basically all your cards actually cost two CMC or less because mm -hmm. you're almost exclusively playing permanents. Um, and Luris is really just the backup plan. So yeah. Luris is there just to be like, it's the oh shit button. Like... Things are going south. Mm -hmm. Got to put Lurus in my hand. And your opponent knows things yeah. are going south. I know. Whenever I'm playing against this deck and my opponent just thinks for a while and then puts Lurus into their hand, I'm like, okay, here's my chance. Yeah, like, exactly. So they're, you're in a really bad spot. But this deck basically consists of three different types of cards. All right. So you're playing uh, the most important card. Uh, first off, is just going to be uh, Core Spirit Dancer. And now we have the new inclusion of uh, SRAM Senior Edificer. So these are two cards that anytime you play an aura, you draw a card. So um, specifically, Core Spirit Dancer gets pumped if it has auras on top of it. Yeah, SRAM is kind of like a bad Core Spirit Dancer. Yeah, so it's like a backup one because uh, so the, the worst thing that could happen is that you run out of cards. Yeah. Um, so SRAM, now that we have him, um, is useful in kind of mitigating, and sometimes you can throw a SRAM out first. It soaks up a removal spell, and then you're you're free to play your Core Spirit Dancer, and you feel less bad if one of them dies. Yeah. Um, because you have more ways to draw cards. Yeah. Um, Before uh, Kaladesh, this deck was still pretty good, but uh, it depended on whether or not they drew Core Spirit Dancer. It really, its consistency was off. I was definitely playing um, Hushbringers instead of SRAM mm -hmm. uh, because it would turn off the Muxus decks, the Goblin ones. Right. Um, but that has kind of, that's fallen away from the meta a little bit. Um, so now we're dealing with a bunch of different things and Hushbringers tend to just be like fairly useless. Uh, so I threw them in the sideboard and having just extra, extra draw spells are basically great. Yeah. Um, Giving you another four copies of your best card kind of gives the, the deck a shot in the arm. Basically, yeah. So for this one, I only had three of SRAM because I was playing with it uh, with just three, and it was working out really well. It I is always legendary, had, right? Yeah, so it's legendary, so you can only have one of them. So um, I don't like having, you know, you never want to have two in your opening hand. It kind of right. sucks unless you just hope one of them dies, and you never want to play a card hoping that it dies. So and Spirit Dancer doesn't have that problem. Exactly. So, um, but if you have both of them, it's really great. You just draw two cards per uh, aura, and all almost a ton of your auras cost one mana, so that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. uh, so that kind of goes to the second part 
of the deck, which is basically um, auras. So the auras that you're you're looking for are more card draw, right? So a lot of the ones you want are uh, Curious Obsession, Staggering Insights, and then the big Hail Mary of all of them is All That Glitters. Yeah, that card just really good in this deck. Yeah, so basically uh, this deck draws a ton of cards, a ton, a ton of cards. Um, if you want an aggro deck that draws just your entire deck, not no, not that much, <laughs> but a lot, yeah. uh, this is the one. Yeah. Like you, uh, if you play it right and you'll, you'll slowly learn how to protect things, um, it is the thing that will... Uh, well, you'll just draw so much stuff, you won't even know what to play next. Like, your options just blow up. Yeah, I know. I'd play against this as Sultai mid-range, and I'd be like, man, they're drawing a lot of cards. I'm just jealous over here. So <laughs> many. It's fantastic. Because then if you if you have a core Spirit Dancer and SRAM out, you play Curious Obsession, you draw two cards, you find another Curious Obsession, you draw two more cards, mm -hmm. you attack with it, you draw two more cards off of Curious Obsession, you play more stuff on top of it. It just gets insane yeah, really quickly. Yeah, very, very fast. Yeah, and you can, you're just, you know, one-shotting people with all that glitters. Right. <clears throat> so it's very fun. Yeah. Um, but the last most important piece um, that if you're playing this deck or playing against this deck, because you might just be listening to this thinking, what are decks that were going to be played against me? Mm -hmm. um, the protection package. So Core Spear Dancer is, like, we've kind of said this before, like your, uh, your queen, right? Mm -hmm. So you are protecting your queen. It's like chess. Yeah. Don't <laughs> let the queen die. She's the most important piece that you have. So we are using Selfless Savior, the dog that sacrifices itself to make something indestructible. I'll say it of Lice Bounty, which gives something protection. And then Karamecha's Blessing, which only important. So it gives target creature plus two plus two. But if it's enchanted or an enchantment creature, it gets indestructible, indestructible and hexproof. Okay. So a lot of the time, if you're playing against this deck, you need to kill the Core Spirit Dancer while the aura is on the stack about to hit her. Right. Because then Karamecha's Blessing won't do enough most of the time. Um, but it's also important to know, like, if you, you want to play a spirit dancer and then immediately like a one drop, like, uh, protection, a pr so either the dog or the, either, either like turn one dog and then play core spirit dancer the next turn right. or depending on what deck you're playing against, um, I'd want to make sure I get an aura on top of it mm -hmm. so I can hold up Karametra's blessing for any sort of thing they're going to try to do. Um, but it's fairly uh, it's fairly straightforward. But the more you kind of play it, the more you start to, to it's actually realize... a pretty difficult deck to play. I think it seems straightforward, and then you, when you actually have a hand, because everything costs one and two mana, you have so many options yes. on every turn that you're like, man. And then you sit at the end of a match, you're like, I think a better player than me would have won that. Do remember that if you get a, a creature protection, it will lose the auras of that color. Right. And so giving it pro blue, yes, not always all upset. Is not really what you want. Um, so that's why I've put more dogs in the deck because I kind of like the dog better, and it doesn't cost any mana to uh, use that ability. I mean, the real hero is Karametra's blessing. Right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, especially if you have a couple in your hand because it'll really throw people off. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I've like thought seed someone and they just have three of them. I'm like, and you're like, I can't win this game. What am I gonna do? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll also, take one, but I don't know how I'm gonna fight through the other two. This is still something that I'm continuing to have problems with. It still pumps your creature. Yeah. <laughs> Don't forget. It if still you're, gives plus two, plus two. If you're swinging for lethal, you're like, I'm two damage short. And you have one in your hand, play it and <laughs> yeah. win right there. <laughs> That's the funny thing where you're like, no, I have to save this card to yeah. protect it. And I've done that so many times. Yeah. 
Now, most of the time, you're going to win that game anyway. Right. But just just win. Win mm-hmm. faster. Yeah, my impression of I've played against this deck a couple of times since Kaladesh came out. And this was always one of the better best of one decks, but it didn't see that much play in best of three. Mm-hmm. I really think the addition of SRAM just makes this deck so much more consistent that I, my initial interpretation is that this is a tier one deck now. I, I've actually, I haven't, I did not play it in best of three because I thought it was a better uh, best of one deck. Yeah. But since I got SRAM mm-hmm. this weekend, I was playing best of three and it was wonderful. Yeah. Like you can side in, um, if you, if you don't want something, uh, I put some ginger brutes in there because either they soak up a removal spell or having a ginger brute with a curious obsession when you don't have a SRAM or a uh, core spear dancer is a great way to draw cards. Mm-hmm. Um, but you like pull him out. And you don't see a mirror match as often as you used to. Right. Um, which a lot of the sideboard I had kind of specifically for mirror matches. Um, but having spell pierces, almost specifically for um, board wipes, but settle the wreckage. Yeah. It always People always want to get you with settle the wreckage because that means that you can't use Luris to bring back your core spirit dancer mm-hmm. later because it gets exiled. So having uh, spell pierces for the settle of the wreckage when they just like like turn four pass you're like well on another note i kind of expect seal away to be played more i i i think that the the sideboard could use a sealed away probably but you should be careful of your opponents having seal away yeah like it's basically going to demand a karametra's blessing or an lc out of you and Mm -hmm. you don't really want to give it pro white so yeah so that that becomes Rough. So you really need Karametra's Blessing in that situation. So mm-hmm. if you know you're playing... Or just don't attack. Yeah. Because it requires your creature to be tapped. Yeah. And it, just remember, there are certain situations where if you don't attack, you will lose Curious Obsession, and mm-hmm. that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like... Autumn taught me that. Yes. Autumn, <laughs> Autumn definitely taught me that if you see a situation where you're like, well, if I don't attack, I lose Curious Obsession... Lose Curious Obsession. It's Even okay. if it's like three. Plenty more where that We're came. also playing Luris. So yeah. just like, just go that oh, route. Yeah. Play right. Luris and play it again later. So uh, it's it's uh, gone, but not forgotten. Yeah. This deck seems very, very good to me. At f- the first time I ran into it, I thought it was just kind of a meme deck, but it's kicked my ass so many times. And then now since it's gotten SRAM, like the way I used to beat this deck is just make sure you're dealing with the core spirit dancer. Mm-hmm. Now there's so many. There's seven in your deck. Seven yeah. copies of this effect. Exactly. You can only thought seize away so many of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially if you just, um, you know, on the turn you're going to go big or go home. You're going to play, uh, you have like three all that glitters in your hand. You play the first one, they're like, okay, I can deal with that. You play the second one, they're like, oh. And then you play the third one, they're like, scoop. Right. And again, essentially, other than lands, you can build this deck with like eight rare wild cards. You yeah. need the spirit dancers, three copies of SRAM and Allurus. Yeah. There you go. Off to the That races. works pretty well. If yeah. you want to, like, I definitely will experiment to play more SRAMs, but I think it's definitely functional without it. And um, three seems right to me, um, just because, again, they're legendary. So you don't really want to draw the two SRAM hand. Yeah. You want to draw one Spirit Dancer and one SRAM or, exactly. two, or two Spirit Dancers. Uh, but what's the, the expensive deck? What are, we, what are you talking All about? All right. So the no-budget deck. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a blast from the past. It was one of the favorites during original Kaladesh. This mm-hmm. is blue-white God Pharaoh's This deck is awesome. Um, for those who didn't play during Kaladesh, I mean, this was basically always a competitor 
I don't think it was ever kind of the best deck. Yeah. But it was always up there. Uh, for example, when uh, Seth Manfield won the Pro Tour with uh, Sultai Energy, mm-hmm. he beat Pascal Maynard with Blue Eye Gift in the finals. Ooh, so wow. this deck, it had okay. some chops, right? It All went right. to the finals of the Pro Tour. Uh, and it's just super sweet. And the basic strategy of this deck is to play God Pharaoh's Gift. Mm-hmm. Now, we've seen some God Pharaoh's Gift decks in Historic before. Mm-hmm. Usually, they were mono black. Yeah. The big thing that Kaladesh brings is a card, Refurbish. Yeah. So this is a four mana uh, sorcery, I think. Yeah. That uh, re- br- basically brings a artifact from your graveyard to the battlefield. Yep. So now you don't need to play that Gate to the Afterlife card that people are always playing to go get your God Pharaoh's Gift. You play this instead, mm-hmm. and you just try to mill yourself as much as possible, get a God Pharaoh's Gift and a bunch of sweet creatures into the graveyard, and bring it back with Refurbish. It's really fun. It's really sweet. Um, I think we have a list that we're going to recommend here mm-hmm. yeah. um, that we found on uh, MTGA Zone, but it was built by Reed Duke. So you know it's pretty you good. Know it, you know it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah, it can't. It's just it's not something that was just slapped together. So, right. um, and so we'd recommend that as a good starting point. But again, like this was built day one of kind of Kaladesh remastered. Mm-hmm. Reed's smart, but he's not you know prophetic. I, yeah. So, if you don't have this exact list, feel free to tweak it and tune it to what you do have. Yeah, and also, I mean, with it's good to say with all of them, like right. take them as they are and yeah. any list that you find, take it, uh, copy it into arena and then start moving things around. Right. See, see what you like, change things up. But the, we have some important components that we would like to talk about. Yeah. So again, as I mentioned, this deck is sort of a very specific game plan. You fill your card graveyard. Step one, mm-hmm. the cards that do this are minister of inquiries. Strategic Planning and Champion of Wits. Mm-hmm. So Minister of Inquiries lets you mill stuff. It's Zach's new crab. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's... It, well, yes, yeah. okay. <laughs> Zach loves crabs. And then we have Champion of Wits, which lets you discard cards and draw new cards. I don't love crabs. <laughs> yeah. That makes it sound like I have some sort of STD or something. <laughs> I, I, I know. That's why I said it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that's the idea. Um, step two... Once you have all this stuff in your graveyard, you have sweet creatures, you have God Pharaoh's gift, you play Refurbish. Mm -hmm. That's it. Boom. (laughs) Then you bring back Angels of Inventions and Dream Trawlers and and Champion of Wits. Champion of Wits is really good to bring back because it has four power when you bring it back. Yeah, so it's much better than the first time. It draws four cards and discards two. Yeah, and once this deck gets going, it's really hard to stop. And just one thing I wanted to really quickly shout out about God Pharaoh's gift uh, basically, the main graveyard hate in Historic right now is Graftigger's Cage, mm-hmm. and God Pharaoh's Gift does not get shut off by Graftigger's Cage. Graftigger's Cage says you can't cast stuff. It's, it says creatures can't enter the battlefield from your graveyard, and God Pharaoh's Gift says exile something from your graveyard and make a token copy. Yep. So it gets right around it. In fact, God Pharaoh's Gift's decks often play Graftigger's Cage to hate on other decks. So you need to play Tormod's Crypt instead and crack it at the correct moment. If this deck becomes good, you're going to want to switch your Graveyard Hate. Yeah. Uh, Leyline is a pretty good one. That one, I had that played against me in the Auras deck, and that was an interesting matchup. I had this in my sideboard. I was playing Sultai Energy, Mm -hmm. 
and I just kind of made a, a random sideboard that included ley lines. And I, that's when I ran into this deck, and I was like, oh, buddy, you <laughs> ran into the wrong guy. Four ley lines coming in. <laughs> turn zero, boom, ley yeah. lines. <laughs> you see your opponent just, like, take a long time on turn one. Scoop. It's like, you know they're <laughs> thinking of scooping. Yeah. <laughs> Should I just do this? Um, I, I would like to point out, this is pretty interesting. There is one copy of Waker of Waves. Yeah, so that's a really cool one. You like cycle it away. Yeah, so, so Waker of Waves was the the seven mana seven seven whale from M twenty one that you can pay one in a blue and discard it and look at the top two cards and then put one in your hand. Nice touch, Reed. Nice I, touch. I but I I liked that card a lot in limited, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's pretty interesting here, especially because um, you put it in the yard, but then you put the other card that you looked at also in the yard. Yeah, yeah um, it's, a, it's a really nice addition. And I think I agree with one, maybe two copies, right? You don't want no, you don't you don't want a bunch, um, but it feels a little bit like um, not exactly a charter course, but that type of feel where it's almost like an extra um, faithless looting type of effect, where exactly. you would uh, look at cards and then put one in your hand, put the rest in the graveyard. This is you look at two cards, but one card you're putting in the graveyard is a creature. And then the other one is something else, um, but hopefully, you know, a God Pharaoh's gift. Yeah. Um, it also shrinks your opponent's board, and they're never going to see it coming. <laughs> yeah. and, so. and one card I didn't, or I noticed wasn't in this list that used to be played in the old versions was uh, the White Gear Hulk. Yeah. Cataclysmic, Cataclysmic Gear Hulk. Gear Hulk. Uh, so this is kind of like a, it's an interesting, when it comes into the into play, Everyone chooses like one of each type, basically, mm-hmm. other than lands. Like one <clears throat> artifact, one creature, one planeswalker. Yeah. And that's all you get to keep. So it's a mini wrath kind of thing. Yeah. Um, it used to be pretty powerful to just have a copy of that kind of floating around to wipe your opponent's board. Yeah. Um, so it might be worth considering in this here as well. I would think there are a couple um, sort of like... Uh, super friends decks that float around Mm -hmm. Um, some control decks uh, that are really just trying to stop you from doing anything they're playing like um, I saw one that was uh, Teferi Hero Dominaria Narset and uh, Gideon from Amonkhet and they're just basically trying to stop you from doing anything uh, while they do their own dirty stuff Um, so maybe having a Cataclysmic Gear Hulk might help uh, get in there at least make them choose their favorite one (laughs) exactly Planeswalker, um, yeah. Which you don't often get to force people to sacrifice Planeswalkers. So. Exactly, yeah. And, uh, yeah, one thing I would do with this list, I'm sure you can guess, but I'd find my least favorite card and cut it for a land because there's only 24 lands here. <laughs> <laughs> 24 seems fine to me, but Jeff uh, would prefer not to have that. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of want 26, but two cuts might be aggressive. Interesting. <laughs> I mean, like... My Aura's deck, it, it runs 21 lands. But the, the actually, I took your advice because the list I found ran 20. Ah, there I cut we go. one, <laughs> added a land, boom. And now I only sometimes have land problems <laughs> where I have too many, yeah. which is much better than having not enough. Yeah, I agree. Yep. But that uh, th- those are kind of the decks that we were, we were pointing out for today. Yeah, all three, I think, are competitive. Yeah. And pretty fun to play. And yeah, definitely. I mean, I haven't been able to play against all of them, but I, oh, sorry, I haven't been able to play all of them, but I played right. against all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all look pretty sweet. Like I, even this like 
flyers deck, like I don't have one and I could easily just throw that together with cards I have. And right. that seems pretty, pretty fun. Just especially, <laughs> especially the times when I'm, I want to draft and I shouldn't draft. <laughs> right. I should just put that deck together and actually play that instead. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Uh, when it, when it's talking you know, about when he's had a few too many, uh, yeah, what I'm talking about when it's like one thirty in the morning, you know, and you're like, I just want a few more games, yeah. um, but I don't need to throw my <laughs> gems away. Um, I should do that. Yeah. Just throw your rank away. That's cool. <laughs> the rank is not as important you as you can't gems. go that low. On you it, cannot yeah. go that low. Um, but yeah, that is those are the the decks that we have picked. And and the the last cool thing I want to say is like, this kind of gives you a nice progression. Let's say you have only enough to get the rares yeah or sorry the lands that's all the wild cards start with this blue white flyers deck mm -hmm. and then you could build up the, towards auras or gift either way um auras is going to be pretty fast yeah and and then you actually have three get uh blue white decks that are all like very different play styles as well you exactly like a tempo deck then you have this kind of protect the queen mm -hmm. sort of uh we call it boggles mm -hmm. style deck and then you have uh like a reanimator deck yeah so would you say that these decks would go wide, go tall, and mill it all? I'd say exactly that. <laughs> took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> yes, we did it. Full circle, we got there. Yeah. Um, but we would like to know from you, is this a segment that you are interested in? Um, we would love to do more of these things. I think they're very important or could be very useful. Right. Um, so if you find them useful, please hit us up on uh, Instagram and Twitter at arena regulars yeah and you might find us playing one of these decks on arena our username is arena regulars podcast yeah hit us with a nice or yeah. counter our spell and say oops yeah <laughs> just kidding don't do that it's no, very that's, mean that's mean yeah but, you know you could give us a sticker yeah love yeah. stickers <laughs> yeah. stickers are honestly the best thing that has ever happened to arena yeah not even Caladish remastered <laughs> no no not even a coming to apple right no not even coming to <laughs> apple like i would buy a pc just to just play stickers um, but with that, I would also like to say uh, thank you very much to our, our one listener. You know who you are, and you're the best. Yeah, we, we like you. <laughs> uh, and with that, good night. All right, that's fine. <laughs>